Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories of encounters with God. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy. And today we have Tori's story. So cute. She's so cute. You're she love is. Her. She's from Auburn. And we actually found her online on social media. She had tagged us on Instagram in a post about a story that actually meant a lot to her. So I just reached out and said, tell me more. I'm so curious. And and there came her story. It came rolling out. I know. And I love it when a younger audience reaches yes, out to yes. us. We love hearing from younger people. And Tori has a story to tell. Let me tell you, she's been through so much, especially over the past few years. But I'm excited for you to hear the joy that she has from it. And that's why we named it Joy is a Choice. Yes. So here's Tori. Before today's story, we want to remind you about our Patreon community. You can go to patreon.com slash STL community and join us for $5 a month or $10 a month. That supports the cost of our ministry. And also you receive extra content. So this month, we've already had a discovery guide, which is a Bible study written around one of our episodes. We have had a story within the story, which is after Molly's story several weeks ago, we Mm -hmm. went and interviewed her about her daughter with dyslexia. So it's a special conversation with her. And then this week, you're going to get a bonus episode, which is a woman named Beth from Statesboro, Georgia. And that is our bonus episode this month. So you get all three of those things for five or $10, however much you choose to support us. I loved Beth's story and how she truly was called to mentoring and just her her gifts around mentoring and and speaking into younger women. That's right. She is a wonderful Bible study teacher, Mm -hmm. and you would get a lot out of her story by listening to it. So if you're interested, check out our show notes. You will find the link right there in our show notes today, or go, as Lindy said, to patreon.com slash STL community and join today. We'd love for you to be there. Okay, well, hey, everyone. I feel like this is honestly a full circle moment because I've listened to every single story on Storytellers, like a total stalker creeper. My friend Hannah told me about it and never in a million years did I think that I would be sharing my story, but I'm really honored and I love a good story. So I've always been such a talker. So a little bit about me. My name is Tori Jones. I'm 30. I turned 30 this year. Big milestone for me, at least. And I live in Auburn, Alabama. I'm married to my sweet husband, Josh. And we don't have kids yet, but we do have a sweet little mini golden doodle named Louie. That's our little child. And I think he's so cute. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, I didn't birth him myself. So I can say he's the world's cutest dog because... He is. And let me just say, he's the cutest. But I've lived in Auburn for the past seven years, but I'm actually a total Louisiana girl. I'm from Louisiana. I grew up in Alexandria, Louisiana. I love where I'm from. I had the most, have the most amazing parents ever. Um, We're super close. They've been married for 37 years and their marriage has just impacted me so much in my life. And they are my biggest support system. I have two precious little brothers. We're all super close in age. The oldest to the youngest is four years. And so we're literally a close family. That's actually my maiden name, Tori Close. And so we are like obsessed with each other. And I'm like, growing up, like when I look back on my life and actually still, I'm like your typical protective, crazy big sister. I mean, I always wanted the best for them. Miss protective, love those boys with all my heart, but I also grew up with a big extended family that definitely shaped my life. So there are 10 cousins in nine years. And some of my fondest memories are being at my grandparents' house. My grandparents 
celebrated 70 years of marriage this year. We were so happy and can't wait to celebrate them once the pandemic's over. And they have a bayou where they live. And just some of my fondest memories were, you know, growing up and going on the climbing tree and being in cookouts and all of those things with my family, my aunts, my uncles, and my dad only has a few people in his family. So we did everything together. So that was always really special to me. And I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up Baptist, actually, and we had never missed church growing up. Let me just tell you, we went to every LSU game, and it did not matter if we got home at 2 or 3 a.m. Honey, we were at big church, and we were at Sunday school the next morning. And that was really instilled in me growing up. And as I went to college and grad school and my job, it didn't matter if I had a couple too many cocktails maybe on Saturday night. I sure made sure I was at church that next morning. And so that was always something that just really stuck with me. And I wanted to keep going with my family. And my college choices, honestly, one of the first memories I have in my life where I remember God speaking to me very vividly. I always thought I would go to LSU. That's just what my family did. I never really thought I would do anything different. And I remember the exact moment that God was like, you are not supposed to go to LSU. I have another plan for you. And I remember going, cool. What is that? What am I supposed to do? And that was a moment where I was like, my life is going to take some different turns that I probably didn't have planned for my life. And so I ended up going to Louisiana Tech University. Absolutely loved it. God bless me in so many ways. That was definitely supposed to be part of my plan. Well, it definitely was my plan. And I ended up being really involved in my sorority, Kappa Delta, and worked for Katie as a traveling consultant for two years, which led me to where my story really begins. So I decided to go to grad school at Auburn University. And I, to be honest, didn't really want to go to Auburn. I had, you know, been gone for two years and I really just wanted to either move back home and go to LSU or I kind of felt called to go to Oklahoma State, which was kind of random. But once again, I felt God say very specifically, I need you to go to Auburn. And so I thought, well, okay, I don't really know anyone. I don't really know why you're sending me here, but I know I'm going to go because you, your plan is always better than mine. And so grad school is where my story begins. After my first semester of grad school, December 2014, and I was a chaperone on a service trip to New Jersey for hurricane relief. Well, let's just say I'm not really the type of girl that digs holes, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do it for Jesus (laughs) because why not? And so I had no clue that this trip would just be the start of what would be a long journey of different situations. And so the night before the trip, I have the stomach bug. And if you've had the stomach bug, you know, it is a nightmare and a half. And I called the girl in charge, which first off, I'm 24. I don't really know why I was the chaperone, but I was. And I called the girl and I'm like, girl, I have the stomach bug. Like, I don't see how this is going to happen. And she's like, well, we can't go unless you go. So just get in the back of the car. We'll figure it out. I swear we drove 14 to 18 hours and we got there that we had slept a couple of hours. It was our day off the next day. We go to New York City. I fall down the entire flight of stairs at the 9-11 Museum. Have the biggest bruise I've ever seen in my life on my behind. And I was limping around the whole place. And I was so tired. I remember like falling asleep in the subway and all kinds of stuff because I was so tired. So the next day, I'm like, well, dang it. My tooth is on fire. Like, I've never had a toothache like this. Find a dentist there. He goes, girl, that's the worst abscess I've seen in the past 10 years. I thought, well, great. So I get a root canal, 
start taking this medicine the next day. And I'm like, this can't be real. I start having insane chest pain. I mean, I was like, this, this can't be real. I mean, like these people think I'm nuts. Like they're like, this lady's just making up stuff. Like, and it was so bizarre. So I end up having this bad chest pain, then really have trouble breathing. And every time I ate, it felt like I was eating a crater that just kept going. So I get it rushed to the ER and go into emergency surgery. Turns out I have ulcers down my entire esophagus from the medicine I took for my tooth. And I get diagnosed with an esophagus disease where your esophagus shuts with certain foods. Well, I I had no clue this was only the beginning of what was to come for my life. So a year passes and January 2016, I meet my now husband and he is just so special to me. And I was just so happy. I was like, life is so good. I finally met my man and I'm just so blessed and so thankful and in all of what Jesus is doing. So then in May of 2016, I graduate from Auburn for grad school. And really, like I said, everything was great. I had met my husband and we knew we wanted to get married someday. I got a new car. I was buying a brand new house. I had just landed this dream job at Auburn and I was finally done with school, which was amazing. Crossed that off the list. And I had no idea what was about to come. In June 2016, this is really where my life truly changed forever because I realized in that moment that, well, in that season, that the devil truly attacks in the good and we always have to fight. And I had never felt the devil attack like I did in that season. And I really didn't have a reason to be sad. Like I told you, everything was everything I dreamed of, everything I wanted. And my life was this dream. And it was when the the devil just attacked me so hard. So I went through a really, really tough season of depression, anxiety, fear, and I could not shake it. It just was like a constant pit in my stomach that would never go away. And it was just sitting there. And, you know, when I look back on my life, I see bits of anxiety and little and bits of fear and things, but nothing like this. I mean, I felt like it was creeping in a few months before because I was making a lot of big life decisions, but it just suddenly hit and that day it wouldn't go away. And I couldn't get excited about anything like I used to. I mean, I was shiny a happy, joyful person. And so I couldn't understand why this was happening to me. And nothing sounded fun. Nothing sounded enjoyable. I literally would just live day by day. And the craziest part was people didn't know. I put on a really happy face for everyone and nobody knew that this was going on. Only a a few really trusted people, my parents, my, you know, boyfriend at the time, now husband, I was just embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was like, well, why is this happening to me? This isn't me. This isn't who I want to be. This isn't what I've gone through. And I never thought it would happen to me. And what's interesting is I was thinking back to this season of my life. The bath is my happy place. I mean, you you put me, yeah, you put me in a robe and you give me a long bath and I am so happy. But during this season, I just remember laying there and I would feel completely numb. Like I had no purpose. I had, I couldn't live like this. I had, what was I living for? And I would have a good day. I remember having good days and then a few good weeks. And then it was like, boom, I would have this flare up where I would just be devastated. And I just kept wondering like what my purpose was, why I was living. And I remember just fighting with God so much. And I would beg and cry out like, why are you doing this to me? Like, 
why is this happening? Why are you allowing the devil to do this to me? And like, why won't you take this away? Because you, you've said that you would take things away, but you're not. And I don't, I can't live like this anymore. And a lot of days I would just make myself get out of bed and go to my new job and just make myself go to work. But like, I didn't even have much motivation like I had in the past. And I really missed who I was. I definitely missed the old me. And I know, and I guarantee people are going to hear this and they're going to be completely shocked because most people still don't know about this part of my life. And they've always just thought of me as like this happy, positive Tory. And that wasn't who I was at that time. But as I was preparing for this, I remember another moment that God really spoke to me. And this time it was through my dad. And one day I called him and I just said, like, I was really upset. I remember crying a lot and being like, dad, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Like, I don't, I can't live like this. Like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. When is this going to go away? I'm miserable and I don't know what to do. And he was like, well, Tori, I was trying to find the right time to talk to you about this. And if you know my dad, which most of y'all don't, so let me tell you, my dad is just the sweetest, kindest Christian man, but he is not the kind of guy that would be like giving me this vision of life or anything. Um, But he was like, I saw this vision from God and he spoke to me and said, it is going to be okay. And there's going to be an ending to this for Tori and we're going to get through this. And in that moment, I just felt the biggest sense of comfort that I've really ever felt in my life and a piece that I didn't know when this was going to end, but it was going to end. So this goes on for many months. And in January 2017, this is really kind of the turning point in my story. And I was on a work trip in a rental car. And I was coming back to Auburn from Birmingham on Highway 280. I was, it was a good day. You know, this was a hard season, but I remember it being a good day. And I remember being excited. Um, I remember it was sunny and it was in the 60s or maybe 70s. I remember I was wearing a green dress and brown booties and brown leggings. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I had my glasses on. Y'all know I can't see without my glasses. I've told y'all that earlier. And I had just entered Lee County. And so I was like, I'm so excited to get home. And then all of a sudden, in a split second, I see this 10 passenger van pull out at a stop sign right in front of me. And I had no time to brake, to turn, nothing before we hit. And it, if you've been on 280, you know that the speed limit is 65 miles per hour. So just imagine how hard that hit was. And it was like, boom, I hit them. And I felt like I was in an out of body experience, honestly, because. I had been in a car accident when I was 16 with a bunch of my friends in a big passenger van. And I remember the slow motion feeling from that, but this was completely different. And I remember the airbags just erupting everywhere. I remember seeing stuff flying, glass flying. And then all of a sudden we stopped. And when we stopped, all I could hear was screaming, like bloody murder screaming from across the way, cries out. And how we had hit, the horn was blaring on the van. So it was a constant just blare. And all I could think of was, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. I remember shaking, like, profusely and screaming and crying out to God, please save those people, please, please. Like, I'll do anything forever. Like, I remember, like, saying those exact words. And I just started shouting and shouting and shouting and crying out. And I just knew someone had died. I remember thinking, I've just killed someone. I'm going to jail. I didn't realize at the time it wasn't my fault. I'm going to jail. I'm never going to get over this. I'm I'm never going to get through this. My life's never going to be the same. Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? 
And, but also outside of that, the pain that I was feeling in my body was excruciating and in a pain I had never felt before. I mean, my hips, my back, my neck, it was just like pounding, but really all I could think about was the other people in the car and the other people and seeing if they were okay. And so I'm still in the car thinking about all this. And then I remember somebody coming to my window and he tried to get me out and I literally start banging and I'm like, no, I'm fine. Go save the other people. Please go save the other people, please. And my glasses had flown off. And like I told you earlier, I can't see. And I remember closing my eyes for one moment and praying, God, please find my glasses and my phone. And no joke, I reached my hand over and they were together right there. And so that just was Jesus in that moment. And I was able to call my boyfriend and my parents and I'm just screaming bloody murder. They don't know what's going on. And so someone finally pulls me out of the car and I fall face first to the pavement. I mean, the pain I was feeling, I was screaming, crying. And I just remember the fear of thinking about the other people in that van. And I told y'all that I hit a van. So it was a 10 per a 10 passenger van and it was for adult mentally handicapped individuals. And they were just devastated. And so, you know, but it was a miracle because they actually all ended up being okay. And there was a lady that finally pulled me off the pavement and she was my angel. And if we had longer, I would tell you all the intricate parts of her, but she pulls me up, puts me in the bed of her truck. And she is someone that I'm never going to forget. So my boyfriend got there to the scene. I'm still screaming. And like I said about all the patients and the passengers in the car, I remember one of them was like, who would do this to us? Who would do this to us? And the lady that was my angel explained and we ended up hugging and crying. And I'll I'll just never honestly forget that moment. So I go to the hospital and I'm still just in a state of complete shock. Like I I remember having to go to the bathroom and I remember three people holding me up. And I bet everyone at the hospital still hears me screaming because it, I remember thinking, I, this is bad and this is going to be a really long road ahead. So they start running tests and finally the doctor comes in and he's basically like, so you've broken your back. You're going to the doctor um, tomorrow for your next steps. You're getting a back brace tomorrow and you have a long road ahead. I remember him saying it just like that. And I was like, what? Like, I don't know anyone else that's ever broken their back before. Like, what's my life going to look like? But I just remember being so thankful and overwhelmed and just thankful I was alive and, but also just scared about what my life was about to completely look like. But from there, a story that really impacted my life. So the paramedic on the scene came into my room and she said, you know, I never do this. I never come in and find somebody from a scene, but I just felt this call to come talk to you. She goes, when we pulled up to your accident, they started pulling these body bags out And we told each other, this is going to be brutal. How many people do you think just died? She goes, you're a miracle. You need to be so thankful. And I just needed you to know that. And in that moment, I just felt God saying, I'm not done with you. You have this purpose. And it was in a season where I felt like I had no purpose. And I felt like I just needed something. And this accident just really saved me. You know, that moment I talked about with my dad, this was the moment I had just been praying for. So I go home, my parents get in town and like I said, I'm just still in shock. Like my life changed in an instant. And, but my anxiety I mentioned earlier, it was just different now. I had just this sense of just so much thankfulness, thankfulness in a way I just, I couldn't even believe. So the next morning I wake up, I'm in so much pain and my friend had heard what happened. So 
she sent me a text message and just was like, hey, I'd love to bring you something and come help um, you in any way. And the next moment really just has completely changed, shaped my life forever. So I tell my mom this casually, oh, you know, she said she wanted to come over, but I said, thank you. We're good. You know, we appreciate it. And she turns around with tears in her eyes to me. And I'm like, what? And she was like, please tell her we would like some coffee. And I was like, why? Like, I feel bad and feel awkward her feeling like she has to do that for us. And she was like, well, I know now why I just read this book. I just got done reading the book, 90 Minutes in Heaven. And in the book, the guy that gets in a car accident kept telling people, don't help me. I don't need anything. Thank you. I'm good. And one day his friend, that's a preacher, comes by and said, listen, you have got to start letting people help you. You have got to start because when you allow them to help you. It helps them, which then helps you. And she goes, so Tori, in this season that we've been given right now, we're going to let people help us. And y'all, we did. And honestly, I'm just still completely overwhelmed by all the cards, the Cokes. People would always bring me Cokes. I love Coke. And flowers and just the food that really kept flooding in. I mean, people were so sweet and thoughtful. And I had never experienced anything like this before. And I really never seen kind of the importance of this really until that time in my life, because I had never seen the need to really rely on other people. To this day, I've never forgotten each person that who either sent things or they came to sit with us and visit us. I remember getting visitors and it would just make the days of just sitting there go so much faster. So usually things were delivered or people would be like, hey, can I come over Tuesday at three o'clock? But I specifically remember this one day we got a random knock on the door. And it was from a student that worked for me at Auburn. And he goes, oh my gosh, Tori, I heard what happened to you. In the middle of class, I jumped up, left class and came and made you a pound cake from scratch. And he just stayed with me that day. And I just remember being like, God, like people are just so kind and thoughtful. And just little stories like that, that were the best God weeks. And the smallest and the biggest gestures just taught me so much. And that's really what, what really kept me going. But the one thing that truly didn't cost any money was the prayers. I mean, the amount of people that just prayed for me and told me they were praying for me impacted me forever. And people just telling me, like, I've been praying for you. I'm praying for you. And it was a comfort never experienced in my life. And we're a season where anxiety had completely taken over my life. And I yearned for this comfort. So when I was preparing for this, actually, a Facebook memory came up. And it was someone who had messaged me and said, I don't pray often, but I heard what happened to you and I will today. And just things like that, that impacted my situation, impacted other people. And I had no idea that was going to happen. So one prayer story that happened was one day a group of people from my church, Church of the Highlands, came over and they asked to pray for me. And they kind of talked about how they've witnessed firsthand, how laying their hands on the places of you that are hurting or that are in pain have been healed. So they put their hands on me and they prayed for me and asked for healing. And no joke, y'all, the next day, my neck hurts so much less than it did the day before. And that was just my God wink I needed to say, I remember being like, God, you winked at me and you're there and I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be healed one step at a time. And so another visitor came by one day and she said, Tori, I need to share something with you. And she had tears in her eyes and I, I thought, what? Like, what's going on? And she goes, and she actually listens to this podcast. And she said, so the day that you got in your accident, I was also on Highway 280. 
And I saw the accident. I didn't know it was you. And I kept going, but something kept telling me, you need to stop and pray for everybody in that car accident. So she stopped and she said, I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I know that made such a difference. Before this all happened in my life, I mean, I prayed, but if I'm being completely honest, I feel like I was one of those people that would be like, oh, I'm praying for you. But really, was I praying for them or was I just saying that? And now, though I fall short daily and I'll write it down, I consistently pray and I want to pray for others. And my life's just been so much better for it. And I also was one of those people that would be like, oh, I should bring them food or I should write them a card or I should send them a text. But now it's like, I do it. Like I'm, I don't hesitate anymore like I did before. And even it's kind of awkward sometimes or weird. And I don't even worry about that anymore because I know that I've experienced firsthand what it was like for people to serve me and all the blessings that came of that. So now when someone's on my mind, I just, I go and I, I try to do it as much as I can. And this situation just reminded me so much that God just calls us to give to others it's simple as that and to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. So my mom ended up leaving, living with me for a month. And it was really hard. I mean, I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. I remember I would text her in the middle of the night. Hey, I got to go to the bathroom. And it was really tough. I was out of work for a really long time. And I went to PT. I kept improving. I had a few times my progress would go backwards, but, and I'm always going to have pain forever, but I really am on the mend and always will be. And the verse I leaned on so often in that season was Romans 8, 18. The pain you're feeling can't compare to the joy that's coming. And I have been reminded constantly that joy is truly a choice. And it's a choice we have daily. So I thought that was really the end of my quote unquote pain. But I was definitely wrong. The entire 2017, I kept recovering and doing better. And then in 2018, I got engaged and I was just so happy to finally marry Josh because as y'all can see, he um, went through a lot with me and I knew he was made for me and it's still the best reminder of God's goodness. So throughout our engagement, I was so sick. Like I had chronic sinusitis and I could just, I would go through like two boxes of tissues a day. So right before our honeymoon, we went on our honeymoon a couple months after our wedding. I went into kind of emergency surgery for my nose. And let me tell you, they did not warn me that was going to hurt so bad. I felt like I got hit upside the head with the baseball bat. I said, I should have come out with a Hollywood nose, new face. Like that was something. But I was so glad I went ahead and did that surgery. So then on our honeymoon, I noticed my foot was really hurting, but I thought it was just because we were rocking around a lot in Italy. But I kept thinking like something's not right. But and how I knew something wasn't really right was I'm such a social buyer social butterfly at football tailgates. I mean, I'm going to go from tailgate to tailgate to tailgate. But this that one year, I would just sit at a tailgate and couldn't move. So I ended up getting foot surgery in December of 2019. And I was feeling good. I had been on bed rest. And then my foot got infected right before I was supposed to go back to work after a month. And out of all the pain I've been through, that y'all really rocked it. I mean, I was on bed rest and I could not move. I could not walk. My foot couldn't even turn the right way. And that potentially could have been the worst pain. So mind you, this was before the quarantine started. So I've been kind of quarantining for quite a while. And then February 2020 hits and I thought, yay, we're ahead. Only good things ahead. Well, little did we know how hard 2020 was going to be. And that was definitely a season where I felt anxiety creep in back in my life in some ways. 
So in January 2021, recently, I had surgery once again, and I got diagnosed with endometriosis. So I often feel like God just has me on this roller coaster. And it's like one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And a lot of times I'm like, Jesus, just throw me a bone, like throw me a bone, give me a break. And, but the biggest thing I've learned is that God's blessings truly are overflowing. And I feel like, or at least for me, I know that I learn the most and I really rely on him in the hard and in the times that I can't do it by myself. And I know without a doubt that he gave me these experiences to be that miracle for somebody else. And for me to be able to encourage others that if I can get through this, you can get through this and we can do this together. And before this, you know, I thought I had hard times, but I never really had what I thought was a hard time. But this has just brought me such an empathetic heart in a way that I didn't think that was going to be my story. And it's just taught me the power of thoughtfulness because I got to experience what it was like when people were thoughtful towards me. Why giving to others is a must for me and that I can't let any opportunity pass me by. My car accident taught me more about life than I could imagine. And I feel like if I didn't go through such a time as where I was could have easily died and I could have easily been in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, I could have easily never walked again. I just all the little things I've gone through since don't even seem like a big deal anymore because I know what it's like to feel like your life was almost taken. And it's just taught me every little thorn that I get towards my way, I know is part of my story. And I know that now every little thing I go through is to help somebody else. And I always had a strong faith and that was always instilled in me, but I never really understood the true learning yearning for Jesus and what it was like to just really yearn for him like I have in the past few years. And I'm often reminded that people just need our prayers and our stories, and they need to hear what we've gone through. And even when I feel awkward, I remind myself that my purpose on earth is just so simple. All it is, is to glorify God and praise Him in all the circumstances and seasons in my life, even when it's not what I thought or really what I wanted. And I still get, you know, my flare ups and my pain and in my back and my neck and my foot, my different spots. And it's my reminder that I'm thankful to be alive and I'm thankful for the gifts and blessings that he's given me. And like I said, I just have decided every day I have to choose joy no matter what comes my way and what my next thorn is or my next adventure is. So I appreciate y'all listening and I pray that this blesses you in some way. I just loved hearing Tori's bubbly, cheerful voice. <laughs> if you, When I was on Zoom with her as she was talking, I was like, oh, my gosh. I know instantly that this is you're so joyful. Yeah. Joy is a choice is, is where we're headed. Mm-hmm. But one of the things with her story that really hit home with me was was when she talked about learning to receive help. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I find myself just doing, 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 and not really asking others for help. And she just painted such a great picture of the importance of not only receiving help, but allowing others to help you and serve you. And that that's actually biblical, you know? Right, right. And the power of thoughtfulness as as someone who is not naturally thoughtful, Mm -hmm. I liked that that in the end, you know, she wants to strive to have more of an empathetic heart and to give to others. And really, when people say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's kind of their prayer. 
Right. I, I, I mean, I, right. Right. I just said it right now. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Instead of, no, I'm I'm really going to commit to pray right. for you. And, and one thing that has hit me in the past couple of weeks is when people come to mind, that is yeah. God prompting yes. you to intercede on to their move behalf. On that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so if even if it's just a quick prayer, but especially in 2021, the power of thoughtfulness, I mm-hmm. thought was a great takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm like you, Robin. I loved hearing just the joy, you know, in her voice talking about every single thing she had been through. Yes. My goodness. It's a lot. And she said, I'm going to choose joy no matter what mm-hmm. my thorn is. Right. And it does, it does kind of bring me back again to scripture of Paul talking about, you know, how he pleaded mm-hmm. over and over again, take this thorn away from me. And God said, no, because, you know, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And one of the um, commentaries that I read that I thought was so applicable to Tori's story was it said, Paul found spiritual pleasure in the horrible things that happened to him in his life. Because he felt that when he was beaten down, he could feel the power in God in him the most. Mm. And I think that's such a takeaway from her story of just, you know, when you're weak, you're strong. And she's able to now comfort others and tell them, hey, you can get through this. I've been through all of these things and Mm -hmm. you can get through it as well. And so thank you, sweet little Tori, (laughs) for helping us, reminding us of that truth. And, you know, she even says that she did not talk about her anxiety and depression. And she said, I'm going to have friends listening to this podcast not knowing. And so I really appreciate her vulnerability because that's what we love about stories yeah. is you never know someone's life until mm-hmm. they share it. Yeah. You, you see her and she's adorable and she's bubbly and you assume she has everything all together. Mm-hmm. And you hear in her story that she has been through a lot, especially for someone so young. So we're so thankful for her sharing. And if this story has spoken to you or if you know someone that needs to hear it, please pass the stories along. Text them to a friend. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to receive all of our stories weekly, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Then they just pop right into your your podcast feed wherever you listen. And you can also find us online on Storytellers Live Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And y'all, we're now on Pinterest. You can even find us on Pinterest at Storytellers Live Podcast. So thanks for listening and have a great day. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.